Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Householder. Alongside is Emily Langball. Hello. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Emily, we have a special guest today because today we're talking about faith on film. It's yeah. that intersection of faith and movies and uh, I think it's a pretty cool one to hang out in, and yeah. you can see a lot there. So, would you do us the favor of introducing our, our yes. special guest? Pastor Scott Rains from Hope Ankeny. Welcome. I feel welcome. Super Good. excited to be here. Excited to uh, what God's doing with the podcast already, and looking forward to uh, this conversation today. Yeah. I, I am too, Scott. Scott, you have been serving at Hope Ankeny since when, or for how long? I got here in November of 2006, right. so mm. just over 13 years. Wow. And uh, at that time, the Ankeny campus was the only uh, non-West Des Moines campus. Yeah. Simpler times. Trying to figure <laughs> out what in the world we were doing and kind of still are there today. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> That's right. That's a whole nother podcast for another day, but we'll talk about multi-site ministries uh-huh. and, and how nobody really has figured it out, yeah. and including us. Absolutely. And, and so we're, we're uh, fortunately, we like each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that relational component, we've talked about this so many times over the years, as long as where we need to be, where if we're where we need to be relationally, we'll figure mm-hmm. out the details as mm-hmm. we go. Yeah, we share a mission, we share a vision. Emily, you're right in the middle of that too, yeah. because you're working with all campuses, not yeah. just West Des Moines, mm-hmm. and it's fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so, but today we're here to talk about that intersection of faith and film. Oh, you know what, though? First things first, tell us about your family. Sure. I'm married to my wife, Wendy. You have 27 kids. Uh, a, a multiple of there somewhere. Yeah, six kids, two in college, uh, two in high school, one in middle school, and one in elementary. We just had parent-teacher conferences this week. Nice. Fantastic for our third grader. Um, and so life is, you know, fascinating on so many levels anyway, but then... Um, Wendy and I have been married for 23 years, Mm. watching our kids in all these different stages at once. It's just, yeah, yeah, absolutely fascinating. Mm. Six kids. It reminds me, this isn't movies, it's a TV show, but like a Brady Bunch kind of thing. Eight eight is enough. Eight is enough. You could do do that. Uh (laughs) That's right. There's still time. You can still add two more. (laughs) I, you know, I do not have a word from the Lord on that, but... (laughs) I I think we're done at this point. (laughs) Do you have a housekeeper named Alex? (laughs) That would be helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It would. Well, Scott, without further ado, to get us going, and since we're both pastors, uh, it's good. Two-minute drill! To have a two-minute drill. Yeah. It keeps us on target. Although, as I am fond of saying, this is not some sort of legalistic rule. (laughs) It's a guide. Uh huh. Because you're pastors. It's a grace based boundary. Yep. It's a grace. Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That, that's even better than guide. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's like perfect example of pastors taking something, mm. you know, very, mm. very easy to get and putting yeah. religious language on it. Sprinkle it with a yeah. little it's, theology. It's not a guide, it's a grace based <laughs> uh, boundary. boundary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's we're so, going to try to That's stick such to a regroup. Regroup. <laughs> Okay, so our first question, Scott, is what's your story? How did you come to love movies so much? Because you really love them. I really oh. love movies, yeah. I um, was thinking, you know, grew up on a farm in central Iowa. And uh, Sundays always revolved around church in the mornings. And then Sunday evening was a, a different kind of fellowshipping. 
Uh, we would pop popcorn. I think we watched Maverick first. Uh, mm-hmm. That was one of Dad's favorite shows, nice. a, a TV show called Maverick. And then I don't remember the order. Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom was in there somewhere. And then it was the Disney Sunday mm-hmm. night movie. And Shoot so, him in the back with a stunt gun, Jim. Uh, the, the, the Marlon Perkins it. line, yes. right? Yes. So, oh. <laughs> with the anaconda, like the, smothering him oh, in, the, in, in just, the swamp. I, I think I've blocked out all those. I am not a huge fan of animals at all. I think oh. they, they just scare me to death. So, yeah, I'm sure, Probably I'm sure because it's because of that. Probably because you watched Wild King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but that's kind of where we would first start, you know, the, these um, stories on screen mm-hmm. uh, is, is, I think, really what I actually love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that idea of story, I rem- I have this real vivid memory. There was a... Uh, remember the 1980 Olympics? They canceled them. Yeah. The Summer Olympics were supposed to be in Moscow. In Moscow. And, yeah. uh, everyone boycotted it. And so uh, they put together this made-for-TV movie called The Golden Moment. And Stephanie Zimbalist played a Russian gymnast, and uh, she fell in love with an American sprinter. He was a football star, but then he got injured and couldn't play football, so he became a sprinter. They fall in love at the fake Moscow Olympics because America didn't actually go. And I remember as we were watching it, the the pivotal scene at the end is, will they choose to stay together or will he fly back to America? Mm. And he flies back to America and I look over and my dad is just sobbing. Oh. And, and, and then all my brothers and I started sobbing too. And, it, and so there was something about whether it was laughing or uh, dreaming mm. or crying, there was something about those stories that it became real uh, permission to get in touch with mm. your emotions, your feelings, and that part of your life. Wow. Well, that, that's a good deep answer. Uh, that we, we haven't even gotten... Well, I was eight years old. That was very deep yeah. in <laughs> 1980. Evidently. Yeah. But, but that's true. And so... W- that you know, we were going to talk about what's our favorite movies from childhood. We were talking about that before we started, so I'm sure that wasn't your favorite necessarily, but that caught your attention in the in That's, the same way. It was way, a defining moment, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. like Old Yeller yeah. does for oh, a lot of people, sure. or or uh, Brian's song uh-huh. for me. Uh, you know, watching these two Chicago Bears running backs and and it's racially, you know, right. racial harmony, and and they come together as one, and 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 they help, you know, Gail Sayers helps Brian Piccolo through cancer, and I'm I'm a kid. I don't remember how old I was, but I'm watching this with my brothers and my family, mom and dad, and I'm like getting emotional. It's like mm. this is this is heavy, you know. Movies can do that. They yep. can they touch Absolutely. our hearts. Absolutely, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, again, now I'm. As talking as a pastor, but if Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, um, I mean, you, you make jokes about being a Norwegian and, you know, stoic, whatever. Midwesterners, I think, are as well, even if they're not uh, Norwegian. So, for, for, one, for some reason, I think music does this, stories, scripture, movies, it helps you have that more sort of integrated, wholehearted, or yeah. a full-body sort mm-hmm. of experience of faith. So mm. it's funny you say sometimes people tease me and they say, you know, for being a Norwegian, you get pretty emotional sometimes. And I say, yeah, but I'm also French. I don't, I don't <laughs> talk about that a lot, but yeah, it, it, it's there. Yeah, we'll do it. We oui, we. Oui. Emily, for you, we're over time, but you know, yeah. it's a, it's a guy, it's a, it's a grace uh, based boundary. boundary. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a grace based boundary, Emily. So <laughs> yeah. how about you? Do you remember a childhood memory that stood out for you? So, like a first experience well, that caught your heart? It's interesting that you talk about the emotion behind it because I remember the Lion King. Ah, or like Bambi. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember the, the, those both have like heart-wrenching moments. Yep. Yes. And so maybe that's why that stands out to me. As we got older, when we showed our kids Disney movies, sometimes Sally and I would look at them while we're watching and be like, this is intense. Yes. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. people yeah. dying and the, the, people, people uh, grief and sorrow uh-huh. and mourning and tragedy. And- I would have these recurring nightmares of the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz chasing me around throwing fireballs at me. I mean, <laughs> and the flying monkeys. Yeah. And, uh, uh-huh. wiz- wiz- yes. Wizard of Oz freaked me out. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, Absolutely. I did not like that movie yeah. when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Too, too scary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next question. What's your favorite secular movie that included a strong Christian message? Uh, this is one of the things that I love about going to movies is you you never know. Like this, It's one of the places where God speaks to me. Mm. And you just never know when it's going to happen. And so when it happens in a surprising film, in a surprising way, it's awesome. So I remember uh, my wife Wendy and I went with a couple of friends to – um, see a movie called Stranger Than Fiction with um, Will Ferrell. Ferrell, yeah. And about halfway through the film, Wendy starts elbowing me and <laughs> leans over. Is like, this is all about Jesus. This is all about Jesus. And mm-hmm. once she said that, like, you you just saw it everywhere, the, the whole thing. And it's about an IRS agent who's getting audited uh, is, like, the plot, and he's falling in love with someone. But there's a narrator writing a book in a different part of the country, and as she's writing the book, it's narrating his life and, and their sacrifice, and I don't want to give it away, even though it's, <laughs> it's been out yeah. for a while. So, yeah. Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell would be one of them. People have had years to see it, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, for me, and we put secular in quotes on this question, right, mm-hmm. Emily? Because I think that gets overused. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, that, that the line is a little bit more blurry than a lot of folks would want to think between secular and Christian movies. Um, there are some Christian movies I like that are labeled Christian movie, uh, but I'm more fascinated by movies that don't uh, present themselves and publicize themselves, market themselves as Christian uh, so to speak, but they have these Christian themes, like you mentioned, Stranger Than Fiction, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, uh, for me, I mean, it's it's pretty much a death and resurrection. I mean, you're you're in prison and then freedom and new life and and the theme of hope coming through uh-huh. on that. Um, the Truman Show, uh, which is is about a guy who really has. A, it, there's even a baptism scene in there that's impossible to miss, right? Where he's doused in water and then he's raised up to this new life and he breaks free. And, and the the name of the guy who's running the whole show is Christoph. Yes, I think. yes, uh-huh. it, it, exactly. And only false god for right. sure. He's yeah. just evil and dark. Yeah. Uh, but but movies like that capture my attention. And favorites for me. These are more more subtle, but the Matrix, uh, was, which re- Neo is a Christ-like there character for sure, yeah. mm. uh, and that that just really captured my uh, my imagination when that came out. Plus, it was just unreal, very violent. I, you know, not a huge fan of that, but the but special effects, the at that special time. effects were groundbreaking, right? Com- mm. Completely. Uh, breaking through into a whole new, and then every movie tried to copy. Right? So, you, so you know that that's it. But, but the whole the whole way they, the guys who wrote that paid attention in Sunday school is, is what I'm convinced uh, that they. There's so many biblical themes that run through that that a lot of people might miss. But uh, really, really fun to watch it when you know scripture and you realize 
oh, this is really just a movie about Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- then the name of one of the ships is the Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. It's like, where do, you, yes. where do you pull that out? That's right. That's yeah. right. He's, they keep asking, is he the one? Uh, oh. You know, and, yeah. and then he has a death and he has a resurrection at the end. And then he's the savior of the right. world and he's setting people free. And it's kind of hard. I'm getting goosebumps it's just thinking about so it. so fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. And one more for me, which uh, not everybody agrees with me on this at all, is Inception. Oh, yeah. I love Christopher Nolan movies. Right. All the, the Batman movies he made are all ma- massive Christian themes just sprinkled throughout. And Inception, that's for sure, too, the, the line between dream and reality. And mm-hmm. there's a baptism scene in there, too, that I'm convinced is a baptism scene. And I, I think movie makers have some fun. I think the greatest stories that are told are in the Bible. And I think a lot of movie makers just lean into those. Like, mm-hmm. well, let's tell those stories and let's, let's just tell them in a in a fresh way. Well, I, th- I think you've talked about, you know, the importance of first order questions. And that's, to me, that's what the movie makers are getting at is these questions that we all have yeah. and how do we mm. pursue those, pursue answers to those. And uh, ultimately that leads to faith. Right. Mm-hmm. So our two minute drill is becoming a nine minute drill. Thanks to me. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, went, I went away, there, but let's move on. And we're, well, it's kind of a continuation. What are some other movies that have inspired you the most? Mm. I just named a bunch, so why don't you Those go? were great. Uh, you know, so several years ago, I started um, with one of my friends. We would try to see all the movies nominated for Best Picture uh-huh. before uh, the Academy Awards, and then we could rank them, and then we, we every, could every, cheer for... Let me just interject yeah. that everybody looks forward to your rankings. <laughs> yeah, year it's too. intense. Scott, it, if, if you don't know, Scott sees... You know this, Emily. You uh-huh. get the rankings too, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. You go see all the Oscar-nominated Best Picture movies. We do. You and yeah. your, your buddy, right? Yep. yep. Uh-huh. And in the last couple of years, some of our older kids have been able to go with us, and they're putting their scores in. Because you have like a spreadsheet. Yeah. We create a spreadsheet. <laughs> I mean, it's it's well, impressive. First, you have to create a spreadsheet so you can know how to get to each theater on time to be able to see all oh, of them. Oh, uh-huh. sure. Yeah, then, then a spreadsheet for I, the scores. And, you know, I... It, there are all sorts of ways to measure. I mean, what do I know about cinematography? Who knows? But I can tell if it. I was moved by the look of the film mm. or acting or that sort of thing. But if I care about the characters, mm. if I care about what's happening to them, that that's one of the more – that's what matters more. So if I see a movie that mm. is really well done – well, the one that won several years ago, Birdman, I think, with Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. It's just like – I really don't care what happens to you. I, and so <laughs> I rated it lowest of all oh. of, and then it actually won. So, yeah. um, my, so my rankings may not be anywhere near what is actually going to happen. But I, I think that emotional connection with the characters in the story is what, um, what I like. So what was the question? Oh, um, <laughs> other yeah. movies that inspire uh, you. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to interject to just say, I forgot to start the timer. So you guys go on as long as you want. You won't hear a bell. All right. Oh, there Perfect. you go. You know, that might be just an act of God <laughs> to, to, to allow you to, to go anywhere else oh. you want to go. But you, that was a great answer. And, you know, I think Rotten Tomatoes might have competition uh, <laughs> from, from, from you and your hey, spreadsheet. At uh-huh. some point, at some point, uh, you know, I won't be able to be a preacher anymore. And they that, can call you. Ha- have a podcast on on films. Yeah. And theology. That would be a blast. This is just the yeah. start of that. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> this, is, this is episode one uh, for, for, for your podcast. Um, I, I think of Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, the it's great movie making, A, but the 
the moral back and forth within it in, in all sorts of ways, the love that those soldiers have for one another in the yeah. midst of a horrible situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, great stuff. There's there's a movie called Of Gods and Men, uh, which is a French film with subtitles. It's about uh, a monastery in North Africa and Islamic terrorists are coming in and the home office in Paris tells them they need to shut down the monastery and leave town for their safety. And, and all the monks are like, this is our life. This is our home. Mm. Nobody else in town gets to just leave. Yeah. And so the whole movie is about the discernment and the decision-making. Does God want them to leave or to stay and continue to care for the people? Uh, it's fabulous. I find a lot of the superhero movies, it's not, even, it's not even my favorite genre, but I find a lot of them to be inspiring because they're picking up on biblical themes. I find that some of the sports hero type movies too, I mean, Rudy and Hoosiers oh. and Friday Night Lights. And there's even a scene in Friday Night Lights where they're at the state championship game and the coach is, is leading them you know, through this incredible, pr- pretty much quoting the Sermon on the Mount and that, that love is the thing that makes things perfect and, you know, it, it, and hitting us in places that we might otherwise miss that point. Um, and that's the thing about movies, right? It brings these things out. It teaches biblical principles. It can. It can do the opposite, too. Absolutely. Which leads us to our next question. Yeah. Next one. Are movies getting better or worse from a Christian perspective? Oh, yes. Um, I would agree. You know, I, I, I think there's, uh, it, it's amazing to see uh, all of the connections that, that can be made. Um, and at the same time, you know, some of the movies that you watch, you're just like, what, why are they putting that in there? And, and what's the purpose? And, mm. you know, why, um, the, whatever question that's being explored, do you have to be so violent or so, you know, gratuitous? You know, you watch some uh, films now that were kind of in the Me Too era. You watch some films that were made 15, 20 years ago, and you just cringe mm-hmm. as you go, you know, how, how did we allow that yep. uh, kind yeah. of stuff back then? So, um, yeah, I think both. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, I think that uh, – and, and for the same reasons, I would just, I would just echo that by saying uh, violence that is done for the sake of violence just to try to get more people to come watch the movie I'm not impressed with. Uh, even language choices – uh, it it seems like uh, either movies reflect culture or culture reflects movies. I'm not sure which, you know, is the chicken or the egg and sometimes which comes first. But I'm not a huge fan of, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not a huge fan of um, dialogue that is just laced with a lot of profanity. And I'm, you know, I'm from the north side of Chicago. I, it's not like I'm, you know, overly hypersensitive to that. I just think it's lazy. I, I, I think the I think the best scripts, I think the best comedians. I mean, my favorite comedian is Jim Gaffigan. He hardly ever goes there, right? He, he he's smart enough to keep it clean for the you know ninety nine percent of the time, and he's smart enough to to use language where he doesn't have to drop f bombs every fourth word uh, in order to be funny. And I feel the same way about script writing in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, I want it to be authentic and real and honest, but. Uh, I think when it when it goes over the top for the sake of what I don't even know for the sake of what the the movie that I rated highest this year of the Oscar nominated was uh, Little Women. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you, 
And and I think the word that we all had as we watched it was just goodness. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't violent, even though it's set in the middle of the Civil War. Uh, it wasn't profanity-laced. It wasn't overly sexualized. It was just, mm-hmm. it was real. And there was, it was just goodness at the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last is a good church question. Why use movie clips in sermons? Yeah. Isn't that just catering to culture? Not that we've ever heard that question. No, uh, never, right? never. Yeah. Well, because, uh, and just to set the scene or, or the context for those who are tuning in and don't know us or don't know hope, because uh, for whatever reason, God is really blessing this humble little podcast we've got mm-hmm. in just our first week. And lots of people are watching it. Uh, way, way, way more people than we ever thought would. And thank you for that. First mm-hmm. of all, we're humbled by that. And we really appreciate you spending time with us. But here at Hope, probably you and I more than the other preachers. Uh, Scott, you're preaching most weeks up in Ankeny, and I'm preaching most weeks here in West Des Moines. And we're fond of using movie clips uh, as one of the ways to illustrate uh, a point we might be trying to make in a sermon. Uh, so, with that, of course, that's not everybody's cup of tea, and so we can get some pushback. What What do you say when you get some of that pushback? Well, uh, just a personal story first. I I didn't grow up Lutheran, um, and I went to seminary thinking to, at a different denominational kind of place, thinking that's where God wanted me. Wait, what? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Uh, it's that George O'Leary moment where... Um, <laughs> My my application was forged. Anyway, you think uh, you know a guy? <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. As soon as as soon as I got and that to that seminary, too. they said uh, my my professor said, "Hey, I'm helping start a Lutheran church plant in the suburbs of Portland. Uh, could you come there?" And so I actually worked at a Lutheran church while I was in seminary, thinking, "So weird. I'll never be at a Lutheran church." Mm. But um, that was the first place I'd ever seen uh, movie clips used as a sermon illustration. And um, I was standing in the back of the worship center when the clip started, and I just started sobbing, mm. thinking like, "Okay, I get it." I, I, so I, you know, when Jesus in Matthew thirteen is talking about parable, he's t- telling parable after parable. They reference a prophecy from uh, Psalm seventy eight that says he's going to use parables, which are stories about everyday life, mm. and um, if if. If movie makers are some of the best storytellers of our generation, it makes sense to me that we would try to follow Jesus in telling stories to help connect people to him. Mm. Yeah, we're we're not. I know you're not, and I know I'm not in our hearts using movie clips for the sake of the movie clip. I don't start with the movie clip and say, okay, how can I weave a sermon into this, right? We start with the sermon. We start with the the proclamation of, of God's word that, that we're trying to present with a healthy balance of long gospel and a, a biblical balance uh, so, that, so that the message is for an audience of one. But I think, you know, our best example to follow is always Jesus. And I'm not saying Jesus used movie clips, but like you said, he told these parables, he told these stories. And when you start to look at his stories, we, we talk about them like they're religious, but there's nothing religious about a lot of the stories he told. You know, um, a, a man's walking down a road and, and he gets mugged and here's what happens and here's how different people respond. That, that's, a, that's a story that everybody could relate to. Uh, uh, a farmer goes out and plants seeds in the ground. Uh, a man had two sons and one was rebellious. Well, that's a good movie plot, yeah, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And so, movies are, in, like you said, in, in many ways – 
modern day parables. And I believe the kind of thing Jesus would tap into, not for the sake of the, he isn't telling the story of the Good Samaritan for the sake of the Good Samaritan story. He's telling the story of the Good Samaritan to make a really, a set of really important points that otherwise people aren't going to be able to hang their hat on. And so, those illustrations become a hook uh, that God that God uses through uh, these stories and Jesus used through his stories to help people connect to things that we might not otherwise connect. Well, it, our, our faith isn't just a bunch of ideas that I have in my head. It's how do I live yeah. my life? How do I relate with the people I interact with on a daily basis? And it's and, emotive, too. It's a yeah. feeling. It's something we experience. Yep. It's not just something that we have. A, here's, a, here's a seven point outline right. uh, where we can deduce Christianity for you. Let's, let's aim for the heart once in a while, too, not just the head. Uh, absolutely. I, if you look at the stats on Bible reading in America today, it's pretty sad. It's um, and, but one of the things I think it informs us as we try to figure out how to be missionaries in this culture, uh, people aren't looking to Scripture as their ultimate authority. Um, and, and in a more postmodern culture, it starts with your emotion. And if I feel it to be true, it must be true. Mm. And so, if we can take those if we can make a, a connection between something that they're feeling and then connect it to God's Word, that might actually be a better starting place than starting with God's Word and then they tune out anyway and and not, not going to connect with it emotionally at all. It's the power of a story too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Emily, you know this as our youth and family minister, yeah. how important it is to tell kids stories that are going to connect them to Christ. Yep, yep. I also think it's funny just sitting here because it's not just that pastors use stories uh, as they're preaching. I go to a lot of meetings with you guys. You guys use analogies all the time <laughs> because it's helpful. She's pretty observant. Very. <laughs> uh, but we do that with kids too. Every weekend with our preschoolers, we do an object lesson. It's similar. It's just how can you use something else, a movie clip, an object lesson to show someone the point. Well, a, a vacation Bible school skit. Right. Yeah. I mean, bo- both of us are willing to be fools for Christ. Absolutely. Every summer, we turn into these characters. I think Wha- I'm wearing some socks right now from VBS. <laughs> <laughs> I bet yeah. you they're pretty colorful. And they're very colorful. Uh-huh. Yeah, but but we do that for the same reason we use movie clips. I will do I will do anything I possibly can to help make that connection between God's word and people who are hungry for it. And if an illustration does that, and that illustration could be a, a story, it could be, um, you know, talking about an event, it can be uh, going verse by verse through a passage of scripture. But the folks who get legalistic about that and say, well, we have to, the only kind of real preaching is verse by verse preaching. Jesus didn't do it. I, and Paul didn't do it. And in fact, there are no, hardly any examples in the New Testament of people doing verse by verse preaching. And so I'm, I'm all for verse by verse preaching. It's easy. <laughs> it's a lot easier than having to be creative and, and come up with illustrations and stories and, and hooks for people to hang their hat on. It'd be a lot easier just to go, Oh, well, I'll just parse this into a seminary level outline and I'll put it out there. That's a, that's a walk in the park. Well, a couple of thoughts going on in my head. One, the the phrase that this question is still the catering to culture question, right? And it's like, well, well, tell me exactly again why that's bad. 
Mm. Like at some level, shouldn't we Are, be figuring out how to connect? I mean, catering yes. is different than connecting, I suppose. But if we're not figuring out how to take this and connect it to where people are actually living, the the church I grew up going to was a Quaker church, and we always had uh, open worship, which was, if you think of the traditional Quaker worship service, it was a silent meeting. Yeah. And then if the Spirit moved you, you stood up and you shared. With, and so, mm. guess what I remember from church growing up? Not the sermons, yeah. the stories yeah. that the neighbors would tell about, hey, here's what's going on in our life. Here's where God is meeting me. Here's a prayer request. You know, mm-hmm. that is children's sermons. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers the children's sermon or the object <laughs> lesson. What, what did the preacher preach about? Who knows? I'm not so, sure. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's humbling. I remember, though. I remember. I remember that Walter Mitty clip that you played. Yeah, yeah, that's, mm. well, and by the way, uh, to alert our production guys, we're at least five minutes into the deeper dive. <laughs> I just forgot to mention that. So, uh, but that's, the, but this is such a fun conversation because it gets to things that are, that I think both of us, all three of us carry in our hearts. Mm-hmm. That's the power of a story mm-hmm. to, to make that connection. And you made a good distinction. I want to, before we just say, oh, all movies are good and all movie clips are good and all stories are good and no matter what you use, it's good and you should dress up like anything you want or use any prop you want and it's all, it's not all good. And maybe that's what you're getting at when you say catering maybe isn't the thing to do, but connecting to culture sure. with these stories is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how far is too far? I mean, at what point do you feel like the, the illustration is no longer faithful? Uh, to what we're trying to do. Is there a point? How do you, how do you discern that? Yeah, I'm sure there is a point, uh, but I think it's farther than most of us would think. I mean, Jesus gets in trouble all the time for supposedly going too far, yeah. mm-hmm. according to the religious sort of reality of his day. So, um, you know, I think I've only received emails a handful of times in 13 years saying, yeah, that one was maybe not the best choice. Yeah. And at, and at that point I just say thank you very much and you know, you just you keep that in the back of your head as you're um pursuing others. I I think the other thing that we do pretty regularly is we say, "Hey, we're showing you a clip from this movie. We are in no way endorsing no. the movie." Mm-hmm. No. The, um, it, it, sometimes there's there's a horrible movie with a great clip. Yep. Uh, and you know who knows what the rest of the story was uh, about the the man with two sons and Jesus left mm-hmm. that part out. I mean, he just showed the clip, mm-hmm. if you will, by telling the part of the story yep. he did. Yep. And I think we have to be discerning about that. Yeah. I, th- I think there's an obvious line too that I'll just add to your good answer, which is, you know, it, it's not the time or place to show you know, graphic kinds of violence or things that make people queasy or uncomfortable or aren't appropriate for all audiences. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Chris knew you can certainly speak to this, uh, in our production. We, we do a lot of editing uh, of our clips because we, we will edit out. I I don't want to lose the story. I don't want to lose the important part of it. Um, It was just this last weekend. We really did a lot of editing, on a on a couple of clips from a movie because it's such a great scene and it yeah. made the point Jesus is making uh, 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 about love, but we had we had some work to do before the weekend sermons. A lot of times I'll ask them, I'll say, okay, 
you know where the line is. Do you think this is over the line or are we, are we on the right. safe side of the line? And I figure we're better together on that. Mm-hmm. So that's good. You know, good, good job on that. Another part of this deeper dive, though, that I want to get into, since we're talking about using clips to make biblical points and to teach and to, to make that, that gospel connection with people. What are some of the favorites um, that you or or is one, does one stand out? Uh, one or two or ten or you know <laughs> what 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 would those be? And and uh, we might show just a little excerpt from that for those who are watching this podcast on video, or or we'll name the movies so you can kind of check them out. Yeah, it you know uh, horrible horrible film and super funny in moments, and I think asks uh, some important questions about maturity, uh, would be Step Brothers. <laughs> and, yeah, that's kind of hard to watch in some ways, but I think I know what you're getting at. There's a scene where they're building a bunk bed, yep. and they keep, they're 35, 40-year-old men keep going in to ask their parents for permission to do this. Right. And um, like the, just the idea that what, what, is it, what are the ways in our life that we're so immature like that, and we're not. Mm. Um, we have no concept what it means to experience the uh, maturing in faith, and we're running around. We, we maybe we've been coming to church for thirty years, and we're still like, you know, a second grader in Sunday school in terms of the maturity of our faith. So mm. that's an example. Yeah, Paul talks about going from spiritual infancy to maturity, right? So that's right out of scripture. Yeah. And and that that clip will play. You also it made me think, and I don't know if you're prepared to talk about this, but we're friends. So there I'm we go. Throw this out there. <laughs> You've used clips from Lars and the Real Girl oh, that man. I thought were so good too. What does anything stand out for you there? Not not oh, a, yeah. not a great movie, I didn't feel, I, but had some scenes that were just if you, memorable. Yep. And if you watch it again, particularly from the context of what does it mean to be the body of Christ? What does it mean to be the mm-hmm. church? I mean and they they include the church in in the movie, they but um, he he falls in love with this uh, mannequin, and the whole which we don't recommend, which we don't recommend. <laughs> yeah. The whole community plays along with it, and um, out of out of love, out of love, and out mm-hmm. of a way for him to heal from uh, some wounding in his life. And at the end of it, uh, you know, just in his mind, she, the mannequin gets sick and dies. Bianca is her name, mm-hmm. and. People from the community come over and they sit with Lars while he's grieving. Mm-hmm. They bring casseroles over. And and I just think of Job, you know, when his friends see the great distress he's in, they came they didn't say anything. They just sat there with him. And that, I think that's exactly what the, the women from the church say to Lars. We're just here to sit. Mm-hmm. We're just here to sit with you. And this, and that's a beautiful picture of the church. Yeah. Yeah. There are times um, when I uh, get a little choked up about this, but there are times I come alongside of grieving families in a tough funeral, right? And one of the things Jesus says in Matthew 5 is, you're the salt of the earth. He's talking to the church, right? He's talking to what the church should be. Yep. Well, salt keeps things afloat that otherwise would sink. Um, and I feel like that picture in that movie that you just described is a picture of the church being salt, you know, for each other and keeping each other afloat uh, and keeping Lars afloat when he's, he could have been drowning if he didn't have community, if he didn't have church, if he didn't have Christ through that community, the body of Christ supporting him. Those are, 
Those are powerful things. Yeah. Uh, and, and beautiful scenes. I, another clip that I remember, uh, just as we kicked off this year of All Eyes on Jesus, I showed clips from uh, a movie called Free Solo. It won the best mm-hmm. documentary a year ago. It uh, follows a guy named Alex Honnold who climbs mountains with no ropes. That's what a free solo is. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And the it, so, you know, it's so great to stand at the front of the worship center and watch the reactions sure. of your, like you. You watch that, those clips and you're, you feel like you're on a roll, like you're about to fall. You're scared mm-hmm. to death. And, but one of the, the scene in particular is he's climbing it and he takes just move by move notes after I do this move, then I'm going to do this move, and my thumb needs to do this, and I twist my hips here, and I put my toe there, and like it's so meticulously detailed. This is my plan for ascending this mountain, and if I don't follow this plan, I will die. Mm. And so I just said, what's your plan for following Jesus? <laughs> and I'm not sure we have to, you know, we have grace. We, we don't, but there's a path to life and a, a path that doesn't get us to the life that we want. Mm. And do we, are we, what, what's our plan for getting to the top of that mountain? Yeah. I, I think, I'd be curious, Emily, what, what clips have ever stood up for you in the sermons that you've heard here at Hope from any of the preachers. But as you think about that, the, the clips that I've used that are really not very well-known movies, not up for Oscars as far as I remember, but I thought they were so well done. Uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty is one of them, and there's a particular scene where Walter Mitty's character, played by Ben Stiller, is is with this National Geographic photographer, this freelance photographer who takes pictures for National Geographic and other publications. And he's kind of a throwback and, and just a vintage guy. And they're, they're out, who, you know, way out in, in some isolated part of the world. And he's trying to take uh, a photo of a snow leopard, probably for National Geographic or something, or for Life Magazine, actually, because that's what Walter Mitty works for in this movie. And... Uh, so Walter Mitty, you know, makes the journey, the spiritual journey to to find this because there's confusion over the picture and where it is. And there's supposed to be the cover of life for the last published, uh, you know, uh, art, uh, the, the last uh, month that Life magazine will be published. Anyway, that's a long way of saying there's this beautiful scene where the two of them just sit down and they have this conversation. And Sean Penn's character says... You know, sometimes when a moment is so beautiful, I because Walter May says, when are you going to take the picture? Because they see the snow leopard, right? Mm. So, sometimes a moment is so beautiful, I just like to keep it for myself. And, mm. and it's, the, it's the beauty of God's creation. It's the beauty of a moment. It's the beauty of two brothers who are friends who are bonding. It, it's the beauty of just saying, you know, it's not always about getting the picture. It's not always about... That's just life, right? I, well, yeah, and life is grace. And and so, this is God's gift to you in the moment, and just be grateful for be, it. Mm-hmm. Be grateful indeed. Yeah. The, the other one that really stands out for me is a movie called About Time, which uh, it just captured my heart in, in ways. I mean, the dad is, is sick, and he's dying, and that just, uh, you know, so my dad died and it's just mm. you, you're watching this as an adult son and you're like oh this is gut-wrenching but the f- relationship between father and son is not perfect but it's it's tight it's it's strong and that reminded me of my relationship with my dad and uh you know he's just a great grace-based guy they get to this scene at the end of the movie near the end of the movie where the son 
learns that you know they they're given this almost magical gift that they can time travel in their but only family. in their own lifetime. You're right, it's in their DNA, oh. so they can go back and basically the cool thing about that is you get a do over. Right. Anytime something goes wrong. You just go back in the time machine and relive Fix the day. It. So you keep, so his dad time, you just relive the day over and over until you get it right. And it's this wonderful gift, right? Well, at the end of the movie, there's this beautiful surprise where the son realizes the second thing his dad taught him was you don't go back and live the day over. You learn, <laughs> you learn to appreciate the moment you're in. Hmm. And so you, Stop looking for the extraordinary all the time, and you stop looking for perfect, because it's a, really a, mm-hmm. a vain pursuit. Yeah. Uh, it's pointless. You live in the moment you're in, because God's in it. And, and so, you know, you're buying um, a coffee a, at the little uh, street stand on the way to work, and you notice the person selling you the coffee, and, and you have a moment with that person, and, and, and you treat that person like a human being. And, and you don't miss it. And if there's something that makes you laugh at work that day, you breathe it in, right? You soak it in. I just think that's so Christ-centered in so you many ways. You don't get annoyed by the person playing their music too loud on, on the, the sub, train. Yeah, Instead, yeah. you play your air guitar with them. Yeah, and so yeah. he relives the day. And then at the end of the day, his wife says, so how was your day? And he says, pretty good. Mm. Yeah. yeah, That's great. Cool. That's a great, that's great film. I think about the movie with Robin Williams as a teacher. Mm. Where yeah. all the students uh, take Dead a stand. Dead Poet Society. Yes, they take a stand on that desk. And that's one of those that can teach you something, but also you just are fired up. Yeah. Like, right. Now let me go into the world. I'm ready. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Captain, my Captain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those. It's all about emotion and how it kind of triggers you and... And who and who gives us that? I mean, I, we can we can play to emotion too far sure. and, and and just do it for the sake of being emotional. That's not faithful. But God's the giver of our emotions, right? God's the giver of our heart. We we aren't just created to think; we're created to feel. And I feel like too much of, um, especially a challenge to mainline Protestantism, if we're going to be honest. Too much of mainline Protestantism is just for the head. Yeah. Right, And I don't think it's either or. I don't think it should be all for the heart. Yep. I think you can go too far that way too. But let's go both. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's acknowledge that, that feeling is a part of faith. And that stories, whether they're movies or songs or, or novels or, or whatever, or biblical stories, as long as they're in alignment with biblical truths, mm. we should be sharing those. And, and we should be using those to, to bring to life. Uh, scripture for people and to help make that connection. You, you've been talking lately about, you know, it's not just head, it's not just heart, but it's then becoming the hands and feet. Yeah. And, and I, unless we've got that good integration of our head and our heart, I, I think even our hands and our feet, it's going to be wrong motive. Yeah. Uh, we're doing it more for, to be noticed than we are just out of right. genuine love for people. So, yeah, that integration of head and heart can then flow into uh, being the hands and feet. Don't you feel like going to the movies now? I absolutely yeah. do. Yeah. What's our mic? Popcorn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we need to wrap up. What's our mic drop moment? Emily, we want to explain that? Yeah, mic drop. Something we learned, something that stood out from the conversation. For me, uh, Mike, you just said feeling is a part of faith. And I think, Scott, you talked about movies are kind of permission giving to to feel things. And I have friends who will say, I just need a good cry. I'm going to go watch a movie. <laughs> but it's because it triggers something in you and you can that can be good for you. And God can find you in those moments 
and that's a healthy thing. Absolutely. Yeah. What What are you taking away from the conversation today? Well, I, you know, I'd forgotten about Shawshank, so I need to go watch that again. <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't get any better but, than, than but, that. But you know, Jesus came to set captives free, set prisoners free, and so that I think that's it for me. Where, wh- how many people show up for worship every weekend and they're in a prison of some sort? Uh, could be an emotional prison, could be sin. I mean, who knows what it is? And how do we? How do we help people experience the freedom that God has for them? I, that excites me. The the thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna remember a ton from this. I I just love talking. You and I, whenever we get together and talk, we tend to have go. Have you seen a while? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen? Well, that, what's what we always say? Have oh you, yeah. Have, have you seen, seen that new movie? Yeah. 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 And then we get talking sports. Uh-huh. It's, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it goes even twice as long. Uh-huh. Uh, it's actually what your wife said. Uh, when you guys were at that movie that I think is is the mic drop is this is all about Jesus. And there are stories like that. There are movies like that. There's writing like that. The, and when somebody sees it and catches it, mm. I wonder not just about the movie audience that's catching it or the people in a congregation hearing a sermon where a clip is used in that way. Sometimes I think about the writer of the movie too, mm-hmm. right? I, I wonder if they would take that as a high compliment right. that somebody got it. Yeah. So yeah. somebody somebody caught that I was writing this about something more than just what meets the eye. There's mm-hmm. there's deeper stuff going on here and stories can do that. They can hit us on all sorts of different levels. So, yeah. Love it. Thanks guys. This Thank was you. fun. Thank Great you Pastor Scott Rains. Uh, to catch Scott, uh, if you're anywhere near Ankeny, Iowa, uh, the fastest growing city in Iowa. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, stop by Lutheran Church of Hope Ankeny. Uh, and Give they, yourself 10 to 15 minutes extra because of the construction. <laughs> there you go. There's some things going on. Ex- expansion is happening yeah. up there and there's exciting times. But uh, stop by and see those guys up there. If you're uh, closer to one of our other campuses of Hope, we've got them all over Iowa one, and a local site in Kansas City, too. Uh, look those up on our website. We would love to uh, see you at worship. If you're out of state, we encourage you to find a church home uh, in your community uh, to find that place where you can be a part of the body of Christ too. As always, thanks for for watching. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for hitting like buttons and all those other things that help um, get this podcast out to more people. <laughs> Obviously, you're doing that in big ways. Mm-hmm. So, thank you. Keep spreading the word. Uh, we are we are really, really uh, humbled to be able to spend this time with you uh, over and over again. And there'll be more. We've got we've got a great lineup of guests coming yeah. right around the corner and a lot of important topics to talk about uh, to find those intersections where faith and uh, culture hang out together, where Christ and culture meet. So thanks and uh, thanks again to you guys, thanks to our crew, and we'll see you next time. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast. We would invite you on whatever app you are on to rate and review us to help get the word out. And in the meantime, if you can join us for worship, we would love to have you. We'll see you there. I'm the typical.